Number nine, 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 number nine. Number nine, this is episode number nine. I was one off after I did my last uh, week, episode week, uh, I published it, and I checked on all the old episodes from this season. I missed, I went from five to seven, so I skipped number six, so I was always one off after that, so this is actually episode number nine, number nine. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for spending another week with me. Uh, if you enjoyed that little th- that little tease of an intro, that was Revolution Number no. Nine by the Beatles, and it's a very annoying song, even for me who is a Beatle fanatic. But I had to use that to open up this episode, which is actually number nine. I tried to pass off last week's as number nine, but when in all reality, it was number eight. This is actually number nine coming up here, season two, episode nine. And uh, I'm getting better at this. I really, really am because I'm enjoying doing this. I'm good at, I, I gotta have a gift of gab. I don't know what it is. I just like talking. And the thing is, I don't like talking about myself. I'm talking about what goes on in my life, which is a lot different. Speaking of which, what we're gonna delve into this week, oh my God, you're gonna love this. Well, first and foremost, on this past Friday, was actually Friday the 13th all over again. It was nothing but bad news. I got bad news from my uh, from the clinic. I got bad news from my dietitian. I just got all sorts of bad news. Now, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all, as they say. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit more here because it's really irritating the living hell out of me. And the only thing I can do about it is talk about it. If you're in this boat or if you know somebody that's on dialysis, maybe I can help save them a step. So just follow along with me. And we'll go from there. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back with more show.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Cheerland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. And you're listening to the Eagles sing Victim of Love. Why that song? Well, we're all victims in one way or another of one thing or another. I am no different. I'm a victim of my own devices. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not an idiot. I put myself in this position. I had plenty of opportunities in my youth to correct these these little uh, these little things that were going to lead to this, to my being on dialysis. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Sometimes we don't heed our own warnings. We don't see the writing on the wall. And I've seen many, many people do this. It's staring right in front of you, but you don't see it. And it's just simple because we enjoy living life. Case in point, me. I mentioned to you that Friday was... For me, Friday the 13th all over again. I show up to my clinic appointment. They're at 5.15 like I always am. Okay. So, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to all my other chairmates talk. And we, we bitch and we complain about what goes on at the clinic. None of us are happy at this clinic. Simply because it's all... And I, when I listen to the, to the lamentations that everybody has, it's all the same thing. It's all the, the upper, the, the doings of the doctors upstairs. And I'm talking not Dr. Velez, I'm talking about Dr. Massari, the guy that sits at the top of this pyramid. So anyway, the door was seen. I've, I've been having a lot of trouble. My, my regular tech left. She was a floater and they told me that she probably wasn't going to come. At some point she wasn't going to come back. Fine, I can accept that. But I found out something later on which really disturbed me, really bothered me. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Right now, I'm bouncing from tech to tech. And they kept trying to stick me with a tech that that infiltrated me and gave me pain. And I don't want to be with a person that's going to cause me pain. So I complained. I didn't didn't show up for a treatment. Yeah, and it, it costs me. Yes, it does. So, I spoke with the FA, and she said she was going to switch me texts. So, I came, I went in on Wednesday, and Angie, uh, she's a new old girl. She's been there before, but she left, and she came back. And I had her on Wednesday, and everything went fine. She stuck me, no problem. I, I did my, four, my three hours, 45 minutes, and I left. Everything was fine. Friday, I come in. And there's a new girl named Elizabeth who calls my name. And I'm already nervous because I don't know her. They told me that it was supposed to be Turquoise, who knows me. I'm familiar with and she knows my arm. So I go to the back and I wash up, I I weigh in, I wash my access, I go to my, I take my bathroom break. Then I go out to my chair. Now, I have to tell you about this. For the past two years, I've been in pretty much the same spot on the west end of the building. But since they moved me, switched me text, now I'm on the other side. I'm on the east side of the building. Unfamiliar territory, so it's all very strange to me. Even the faces are different because it's people that I see in the waiting room, but they're usually on the other side of the building when I go in on my side. So it's a little weird. 
So now, <clears throat> Elizabeth starts to prep my arm, and I said, where's Turquoise? And I saw Turquoise working on somebody else, and she goes, I got you. I said, okay. Then I hear Turquoise, you got this? You got that? And she goes, yes. And I looked into Elizabeth's eyes, and I could see she was scared. They told her about me, and I looked at her and I said, Elizabeth. Take a deep breath. I will be the worst part of your day. If we can get through this, we'll be fine. But I will be the worst part of your day. The rest of the day will be gravy. If we can get through this. She sticks my bottom needle. No problem. She sticks a top one. She's not comfortable with the way it works, so she saws it back and forth trying to find that sweet spot so she's content with what she's got she flushes a lot of the line and it flushes fine I don't feel it so right before she stuck me I told her I said Elizabeth are you nervous she goes yes I said don't be I said listen to me I know what I'm telling you with force and speed go in fast and go in hard and it won't be so painful for you or me because the slower it is the more it hurts and if you know anybody that's on dialysis they'll tell you the slower they go in the more it hurts and if they do it slowly it's because they are deliberately trying to hurt you and you should report them yes I know what I'm telling you so <clears throat> she got the needle in, needles in now she's having trouble with connecting them to the machine and she's all discombobulated and then turquoise yells at her because she's got things she goes close that open that turn this on turn this off you got the the pressure's going to back up on you and i said elizabeth relax calm down take a breath you got this you know what you're doing so now Turquoise comes over to check my arm. She gets the machine started, and now I'm 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 running. My time's running, and I'm just sitting there because that's all I can do. Sit there and watch what goes on around me. So, you know, for the first couple of hours, everything's rather uneventful. But then my my machine starts to alarm, and Turquoise comes over and she messes with the upper needle. She pulls it out and adjusts it a little bit, makes an adjustment on the machine, and walks away. Everything's hunky-dory. So then, Turquoise and Elizabeth go on break together because they're partners. And my machine starts to alarm. And over comes one of the other techs, Jana, and she makes an adjustment to my arm. Once again, she pulls the needle out just a little bit more. And makes an adjustment on the machine, and the, machine, the alarm goes off. And we're running like that, fat, dumb, and happy. So now, <clears throat> Turquoise comes back off break a half an hour later. And she's looking at my machine, and she goes, Who made your adjustment? And I said, Jana. She goes, Man, I had you at 220. She put you back up to 340. I have no idea what that means, but I think it's, they're talking about CFM on the machine the speed of the machine so she re reduced it to 220 because that's my sweet spot and left it 
And that was the end of it. She didn't. She made no mention of it. There was there was no worries. So now I'm just waiting for the end of my treatment to come along. And Turquoise is standing. She and I actually were talking, and I see out of the corner of my eye the dietitian. Now we've we've talked about the dietitian before, if you remember. And she's passing out the monthly lab reports. Now this is what she does. She finds you. And in my case, she literally threw it at me because it landed on my lap. And I looked up at Turquoise, and Turquoise looked at me, and I said, you saw that? She goes, mm-hmm. I said, she threw it at me. Didn't explain anything. Didn't tell me that uh, this is high, this was low, you know, and I had a lot of changes in my lab reports because I've missed a lot of treatments. I understand that. That's going to happen. So then here she comes again, and she goes, Mr. Hernandez, I need you to take this medication. And she gives me this bottle. And I'm like, uh, what is it? It's Cinecalcid. It's calcium for your bones because your calcium is very low, and we need to build it up. So I said, who prescribed this? She goes, the doctor. I said, why isn't the doctor here telling me about this? Well, no, that's what I do. I said, but you don't know anything. You're not a doctor. You see you see my point here? They send the wrong people to do the wrong jobs. If you're going to give me another medication on top of the ones I'm already taking, send it with a nurse who can give me a clearer, concise explanation of what I'm taking and why I'm taking it. So I'm reading about the Sinacalcet. It's because people that have uh, low calcium... But also for people that have, uh, what was it, some sort of uh, parathyroid condition. That bothers me. But you see, once again, like I said, they send the wrong people to do the wrong jobs. But somebody saw what happened, so I'm not alone. This is not a a paranoid phobia. This is actually something for real. Okay, so I I blew that off. I put the medicine in my bag. Yeah, I'll, I'll deal with that when I get home. So then about 10 minutes later, here comes the social worker. Because I had tagged the social worker over a week ago with a little dilemma. And I'll give it to you real quick. I am with uh, an organization called the American Kidney Fund. They help people in my case, my cases that, you know, are hurting, we need a kidney, and they try to help you find one. They also provide you with monetary uh, assistance if you're a a hard case in which I'm uh, definitely a hard case so I had brought it to the attention of the social worker that hey usually I get a check or several checks around uh, April May for January February and March quite considerable size checks so I brought it to a trainer and said hey by the way uh, it's already May, and I haven't gotten any of my checks from the AKF for January, February, March. She goes, well, let me look into that for you. So she brings me these six pages of documents from the kidney fund, because they did call her about it, because she did ask. I was surprised. Turns out that Texas Medicaid is now paying those premiums of my Part B. So, because of that, the AKF no longer needs to provide me with monetary assistance. Now, the reason being that this is, you're going to love this. 
I live just above the poverty line of the federal requirements. I could not believe what I heard. I make $1,173 a month. I have to live on that. I have to make payments, buy food and water and gas, and pay for all that and still manage to have something left over to call my own. If I need something, I need I need underwear, I need soap, I need anything. So I said, are you serious? I live above the poverty line? So today I checked. According to the federal government, the poverty line is 1,300 and, oh, wait, 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 1,000, dollars yes. I have to be making below that to qualify. Now, because of a cost of living raise, my Social Security payments went up uh, about three, four months ago, January, as a matter of fact, to $1,173 a month. If you do the math, I make $14,094 a year. That is exactly $584 above the poverty line. Yeah. That is so BS. That is just so effed up. I cannot imagine. You You can't imagine how livid I was. Knowing that before this cost of living adjustment, I was at the poverty line. That's why the AKF took me off their list. So now I don't have extra money to pay extra bills. I was relying on some of that money to be able to go and have myself fixed in the hospital to get my hernia repaired because it's getting worse. I'm not trying to complain to anybody, but my hernia is getting worse, and I don't know how much longer I can take this. It, 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 it's beginning to really, really bother me. So I don't know. So I came home dejected, rejected, butt hurt, ass whooped, and it was so bad that when I lay down to take my, my little rest, I couldn't sleep. I just lay there with my eyes open, staring at the ceiling. It hurt so much. The things that, you know, and I said to myself when I was driving home, I'm going to have to get a job. Doing what? Nobody will hire me. I'm a liability. I found that out when my old company let me go. You know, maybe, maybe one of the guys that, that works there, he works for Uber. But do I want to spend my days driving up and down in a car with gas prices the way they are? He doesn't. As a matter of fact, because of the gas prices, the guy doesn't drive anymore because he can't afford to. So trials and tribulations. So I say to you, if you're out there and you're living the party lifestyle, pull it back a little bit. Ease up on your drinking, ease up on your drug use, ease up on the smoking. Maybe quit smoking altogether. Because if you're doing the sugary snacks, if you're drinking the sugary drinks, you may have diabetes in your future. And if you get diabetes in your future, that comes with kidney disease, 
and maybe even dialysis. So I'm just a warning. It's just a warning. You don't have to heed anything I say. All right, we'll wrap this block up. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Cheerland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for sticking around. Well, we're going to light it up a bit with this block. Uh, got a little bit too heavy about what was going on my with my clinic, but uh, this is going to go back to my days in the Navy. You're listening to uh, Thin Lizzy's The Boys Are Back in Town because... This song mentions a little place called Dino's. When I was in the Navy, when I was aboard the USS San Lance, a fast attack, a hunter killer ship, there were three, two buddies that I had. Actually, I had a lot of buddies, but there were two guys that I hung around with the most. That was Ron Bernard, who was a radioman, and another sonarman by the name of Mike Evans. When we were in Europe, we went to London, partied there for a while, went to Scotland, met our ship back down in um, Portsmouth, England, and then went on back and finished our northern run. But anyway, we had a place in, in Charleston. It was our little home, away from home, and it was a little bar, a little bar and grill called Dino's. We were the boys, and we went out to sea, and we came back. The boys were back. And our first stop was always Dino's. The boys are hanging out at Dino's, where the drinks will flow and the blood will spill, and if the boys want to fight, you better let them. We ran that place. We, the owner loved us. We were always there. He knew us by name. We knew him. We were always there. If I wasn't at the titty bar, that is. But we were always at Dino's Bar and Grill, having a good time, drinking, carousing, doing what submarine sailors did. And that's what we did, a lot of it. And just like the song says, Friday night's dressed to kill, down at Dino's Bar and Grill. So we spent our times there when we weren't there. We were on the boat at sea. And uh, yeah, we had a good time at Dino's. By the time you know it, most of our shipmates were hanging out with us at Dino's. So it was always uh, very common to see Sandlands people there. Very few of the other boats went there. I don't know if they were afraid of us. We were... I have to be honest with you. I think the one of the things that I love the most about being a submariner, we were the pirates of the ocean at that time. In 1980... We were pirates. We lived, we acted like pirates. We were separate from the Navy. We were above the Navy. We were the elite of the Navy next to the SEALs. I mean, when the SEALs came on board, they were afraid of us as much as we were afraid of them. But every time we came back to port, 
You can find me or Ron or Mike at Dino's. I remember our last night together. It was right before we all got out. Actually, me, me and Mike were getting out at the same time. Ron was going to get transferred because Ron was getting tired of submarine duty. But actually, it all worked out for him. So, we're down at Dino's. Yep. And we are proceeding to get completely all sorts of, all, all points of the compass drunk. You know what I mean? And uh, Mike liked to dance on top of the tables. So Mike got up and he started dancing on the table. One thing Mike forgot was that there was a ceiling fan right above him. So Mike stood up because I forget what the song was, but it was a song that required him to stand straight up. And when he did, one of the propellers from the, I guess it's a propeller, or one of the, the fan blades clocked him in the back of the head, knocked him over, gave him a pretty good, gave us all, all of us a pretty good fright because we thought he was dead. No, he ended up with his big knot on the back of his head, but, you know, he survived. But that was our last night at Dino's, and then the very next day, Mike and I would report to uh, separations, and we would, Mike would continue on his way, and I would go on my way. Bernie stayed with the ship because he wouldn't leave for at least another six months. Now, what happened to Bernie? He just got fed up with sea duty. He had a, he had a new wife, new babies, and he wanted to spend time with his family. I, I can't say that I blame him. It's it's a natural pull to be domestic. So he got himself busted out of submarine duty. That is one of the biggest things to do, or not to do, is to get yourself busted out of the service. Because you'll never get back in. But it worked out for Bernie. He got transferred to a shore duty station in England, which he loved. He loved England when we were there. He moved the wife and family over there. He got promoted to first class. You know... When you do the wrong thing, some for certain people, it just works out in the right way. It wouldn't happen like that for me. But you know what? Since we're on the subject, and we're talking about the, uh, the boys of Dino's, I have something that I need to get off my chest. There was a girl in my life back then. Her name was Lori Mador from Bath, Maine. She's a beautiful girl. I love that girl. But I screwed up. Do you ever... Well, if you're a young person, you really don't see it. But when you get to my age, you kind of look back at your life and you see the mistakes that you made. And one jumps out at you as the one moment of your life which would have made a big difference. Which your life would have, your life would have turned out the way that it did now. Well, for me, that moment in time, that point of my life was Lori Mador. My second to the last night in the Navy, I'm at the bar that she worked at. 
she was very excited. And uh, she said, I got to talk to you, I got to talk to you. I said, okay, well, we went to the this back room of the the, of the club, we're talking. And I said, What's, what is it, what you got to tell me? She goes, I love you. Oh, my God, I wasn't expecting that. And then I did the dumbest thing I could ever do that I've ever done. And I've done a lot of dumb things in my life, believe me. I told her, you don't love me. You, you're, you're wrong. I stood there for the next 10 minutes and convinced her that she didn't love me. All the while, I should have been looking at her eyes. I was breaking her heart. I had never broken anybody's heart before. So I felt bad about that. I, went, I, left, the, I left the club that night. I went back to my barracks. And the next day, I went back to her house and her roommate proceeded to give me all sorts of lip about what I did what a jerk I was and this that she used other expletives but I'm not going to mention those here I said well it's Lori here I, that's why I came to apologize to her. she goes it's too late you're too late she left I'm like what she came home that night quit her job packed up her clothes she goes I drove her to the bus station and she bought a ticket back to Bath ah uh, if I had not been such a jackass, if I had just accepted what she had said, I know now what I would have done. I would have married that girl. I would not have gotten out of the Navy. I would have re-enlisted. And I would have seen what kind of life that would have led me. I have a feeling I would have turned my Navy career around. I probably would have done 20, retired as a chief. And they probably went and bought a truck to drive a truck, her and me, and our kids. But I was an asshole, and I decided to tell her that she didn't love me and break her heart. Words have power, and power have meaning in those words that you tell people, especially when they feel a certain way about you. It's a lesson that I've learned over and over again in my life. And this is the one moment of my life that jumps back and bites me in the ass. I always wonder, to this day, what happened to Lori Medora? What happened when she went back to Bath? Did she have a good life? Is she still alive? I don't know. So if anybody lives in the area of Bath, Maine, that listens to this program, do a record search. See if there's a Lori Medora still around. Hopefully she's not in jail. But she was a beautiful girl, and I should never have let her go. Uh, that's my one of my major caveats in life, my major mistakes. All right, well, that's that with that. I can't change what is. All I can do is live what is. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be back with more show. We're not done yet, folks. We're almost there.
You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for coming back. Uh, this segment is going to be very, very heavy. As of this reporting, earlier today, today is Tuesday, the 24th. And this morning, or this earlier this afternoon at about 1.30, a young man shot his grandmother in Uvalde, Texas. Got into his car and drove off, wrecked it in a ditch, and made his way into the local elementary school, Rob Elementary School. And at last count, killed 18 children and two adults. Right now, my heart is very, very heavy. I don't know, we'll never know why he did what he did. And I've heard people refer to it as evil acts and mental illness and politics failing. I don't know any of that. I don't know if any of that is true. What I do know is that there are going to be 20 funerals in the city of Uvalde, Texas. Their population is only 15,000. It's a small town. And for this to happen at an elementary school, my God, the children weren't even 10. And there's 18 of them dead. My soul hurts. Feels like I've been punched in my soul. I think we all feel like that. Was it an evil act? I don't know. I wasn't in that kid's head. He was 18 years old. His name was Salvador Ramos. And I don't know if he was a troubled youth, but we know the trouble started with him and his grandmother. Whatever that was, that argument was, we'll never know because he killed her. Then he went and he shot a lot of kids and then he got into a gun battle with the local authorities and they ended up shooting him killing him now I just watched two pundits on television argue back and forth about gun control and politics and and whatnot that had nothing to do with the shooting and I've heard over and over again by several different people who are commenting on this event refer to the kid Salvador the shooter as evil you have to be an evil person to shoot a kid well maybe he was so angry that he just didn't see children he saw targets I don't know once again Everybody's trying to answer questions that there are no answers to because the people that are that do know are gone. They're dead. Well, I guess what this boils down to, and I have my own theories on on all this. Uh, 
they're talking about more well they're going to throw more money at this they think money can solve all of our problems well, and sometimes it can sometimes it can't but now they're talking about f further lockdown of the schools our schools are already turning into prisons and now you want to lock it down you want to put uh, teachers with guns on the campus it's a way <clears throat> excuse me that's what I explained to my mom earlier when we were discussing this is that if I want to get access to a school I'm getting in one way or another there is one thing about security that there is no security with a little faith and a little gumption you can get past anything and if you armed uh and uh, well this is what this is what I was told if I go into a school I'm going to be confronted by someone and if I'm armed that's going to be my first target whether it be an adult a child or whoever if you're going to try to stop me I'm going to put a stop to you if I go into a school armed with a gun you're going to have to take a gun and you're going to have to kill me so if you want to get on you will get on That goes without saying, but when people talk about evil, I don't know that it is an evil act or not, because we are all the children of Cain. When people stop and think about all the old stories of the Bible, there's one story that we always, we all know as children, and that's the story of Cain and Abel. Cain slew his brother Abel. To try to hide the body from God, but God saw that Abel was was dead, and that Cain had done it. And Cain was banished, and Cain was given a mark, so that we would all know what he did, what his crime was. But the little known fact is that we are all the children of Cain. Yeah, we came from Adam and Eve, but they in turn begat Cain and Abel. And since Abel was slain, we are all the children of Cain. We carry that mark, that evil, so to speak, inside us. Good or bad, it's there. And sometimes in certain people, it bubbles to the surface. And then we have what we have in Uvalde or Sandy Hook or Parkland or what was the other one the main one that everybody um, oh my goodness I can't remember the name of that the first school where this happened and everybody asked the same question what 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 is going to happen I watched the president pretty much berate the evil once again there's that there's that term the evil lurks in all hearts some of us know how to keep it down some of us have a hard time 
keeping it down. I don't know what to tell you people. This is a very sad chapter in our in our collective life. All I know is they're going to bury a lot of young people that will never have the opportunity to become a doctor, a lawyer, a politician, a father, a mother. Their dreams stop today. And not to mention the other children in that school that saw that, that were witness of that that will carry that scar upon their souls for the rest of their lives. They're going to be in counseling for a long, long time. Many of them will anyway. Along with their families. Because there's 18 families that had lost somebody today. And they're not pleased. They're, they're very sad right now. All I can ask for you to do at the end of the segment close your eyes and say a prayer to whatever God you believe in Allah, Jehovah, Buddha I don't care who say a prayer for those families and those children that were lost pray also that our elected officials find a more better way to protect our children in schools without making them prisons and then say a prayer for the rest of us that we may get past this that we may heal our minds and our souls and that we will continue on we will be better people hopefully better people better fathers better mothers okay at this time please join me in a small prayer for those lives that were lost today and their families, their fathers, their mothers, their grandparents. I'll give you that time right now. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. We'll be right back after this and uh, see where we go. All right. Thank you.
And you're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Please forgive me because my my vocal cords are ripped to shreds right now because I came back from clinic today and uh, they evened it up. That's for sure. Uh, they took off. Oh my God, I missed two treatments. So you pay for it in the end. They ended up having it there. I got to go back tomorrow, Saturday. And they're going to take off the last two kilos. I, they took off five and a little, little bit, just a little bit past five today. But I am feeling it. Everything hurts. Everything aches. My vocal cords are in shreds. And I just, I feel better. I have to admit. Because this morning I couldn't breathe. I couldn't walk. Oh, I, I haven't felt like this since that time I first went to the hospital when I found out I needed dialysis. So... Yeah. What are you going to do? So, I guess the lesson here is make your treatments. Don't skip them. Don't miss them. Otherwise, they will even it up for sure. So, I guess what I really want to talk about is that uh, how sick you can get with this disease I was so sick last night I thought I was actually coming down with something else but it was, it was just in fact just too much fluid in my system the reason I couldn't breathe because a lot of the people in the clinic their fluid builds up around their legs that's why they have the very large uh, uh, ankles and calves what they call edema it seems in my body likes to hold the fluid around my lungs, which means they squeeze my lungs and I can't breathe. This morning, just a walk from the car to the clinic almost killed me. And I told the technician, I said, I, I can't breathe. So he's a new guy, so he's, he went to the nurse and said, what do I do? They go put him on oxygen. So he brought that little oxygen machine, hooked me up to it, and for the first three hours, Ooh, I had a hard time breathing. But then, as they started taking off fluid, and uh, everything doing its its job, the breathing became less less labored and much easier. Although when they took me off the O2 and I'm walking back to the car, I'm like, oh, uh, I was gasping for air. But then my lungs started to settle down. And actually, right now, I feel pretty good. I'm just really, really sore in my calves. The back of my thighs are just sore. Sorry, almost as if I've been running a marathon. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, I had to tell them the last 10 minutes to turn me off because I was starting to cramp up. Now, most people will cramp up in their legs. I used to. Now I will cramp up on my sides and my back. Oh, that's a whole lot of fun. As we say in Spanish, los calambres. So, the guy next to me, we know, well, you know what? It seems, well, see, Wednesday, many of us missed our treatments because uh, they ruptured a pipe, a water pipe. So, the first shift didn't take off as planned. And a lot of us missed our, 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 our treatment that day, Wednesday. 
And so they uh, either had to reschedule for today or you went to a different clinic. And now I have, a, I have a thing about going to a different clinic because I hear bad things about other clinics in, uh, in San Antonio. And I'm talking about within the U.S. renal uh, community. So I just kind of try to stick with mine and, uh, you know, wish for the best. Sorry, I keep yawning. Yeah, that's what it is. So, I'm going to crank this one out and try to uh, put this episode out because I'm, I'm really running behind. I should have had this out this morning, but I didn't record this yesterday because I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know I was going to be lying in, lying in bed. Uh, this, hack, this actually started about, oh, I want to say about 1 o'clock this morning. I'm laying on my back, flat on my back in bed, and, uh, hold on. I'm lying flat on my back, and then I feel this, like this steel hand is gripping my lower part of my spine and just squeezing, and I couldn't move, and I was like, oh my god, this is not fun. So I rolled over onto my side, and it was still was still holding on to me. And then it would it would ebb and subside. It would start over and stop. It would start over and stop. But I wasn't feeling good. So then, when three thirty rolled around, I got up to get ready to come to clinic, and I had a hard time getting up out of bed. My back was just aching, aching, aching. I couldn't get breath. So. It took me 10 minutes to put on my underwear. 10 minutes to put one leg in a hole and another leg in a hole and put my underwear on. But that's on me. I'm, I'm the one who decided not to go. You know, I get angry because I'm sitting out there in the waiting room for 45 minutes while everybody else gets called in. It always seems that my section is a section that doesn't have a, a, a tech or they don't know who the tech is or they got to call one in. So... I just get angry and so I just get up and I'll leave. And I know I know the risk I'm running. You don't have to tell me. I mean, believe me, to, after today, I know what the trials and tribulations are. So now I told myself today that I'm not going to let this happen again. I'm going to meet all my all my uh, my treatments and see how that goes. But I got a feeling I'll forget about this this uh, promise that I made and. Something will happen, and I'll get up and I'll leave, and the next treatment day, a pipe will bust, and I'll be back in the same boat. What are you going to do? You know, you make decisions, and there are consequences. Consequences and repercussions to everything that you do in life. So, uh, oh yeah, since I'm on talking about consequences and repercussions... I'm seeing, uh, and I'm reading all the the posts that I've gotten to buy, my posts about my stance on the gun control and and what happened in Uvalde. Now, here's the thing that nobody's considered, because everything I've I've seen, everybody's pointing towards army teachers hiring more SROs in the school, the the school resource officer. Okay, that's all well and good. What? But there's a problem here that we haven't we haven't noticed. 
or maybe we have we just don't want it. we just keep overlooking it and that's a human factor okay what happens if you arm a man and then one day he comes in and he, tri he trips off the line and now he's there in a school full of children with a gun with 15, 30 rounds of ammunition. Kids are going to die. Or the teacher that you give a, a gun to and she trips off the line one day. Children, you know, you're going to have this all over again. I'm not saying that it will happen. You hope that it won't, but it's going to. You know, you can, you can, you know what? Here's the thing. You can ban guns. Ask the state of New York. They, they've outlawed guns. And guess what? Only outlaws have guns. The bad guys have the guns. And the honest, good, good, hardworking people who have a gun get arrested and go to jail. Because the criminals have good lawyers that they pay good money to. And they get them off and out of jail. And they were carrying a gun. So, yeah, you don't believe me? Look at the law in California. No one is allowed to own or possess a handgun in the state of, Cali in the state of New York except law enforcement. And when, can you, when, when are you going to find a cop in New York? Or are you going to find a cop in New York? Good luck with that. So, yeah, what happened to Uvalde was a tragedy. And there's no good way to stop it. We can talk and we can talk and we can talk. And meanwhile, somebody else is going to grab a gun and go into a school or a Walmart or a movie theater and shoot everybody up. It's the curse of Cain and Abel. And being in this society that's been repressed for two years, under lockdown for two years, and everybody's just tired, fed up, exhausted, it's rough. What do we do? It's hard to say. Okay, you're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around, we'll be right back with more stuff. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Oh man, my cords are in shreds. Ooh. We're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. And when you hear the Traveling Wilburys end of the line, you know we've come to the end of this show. So we've discussed a lot of things. We've talked about a, about a lot of things going on with me, going on with you, going on with us. How do you feel? Get back with me and let me know. You can get a hold of me at Twitter. I am at Ben Hur at TCCINDY. Drop me, a, drop me a tweet. Let me know what you think or what you'd like to listen to, what you'd like to talk about. Or if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, hit me up or instant message me and we'll, we'll go from there. Or if you happen to be know 
know my phone number, give me a call and send me a text and we'll go from there. Alright? Well, once again, I appreciate you for listening to my podcast, all three of you. Woohoo, I got three listeners. But yeah, I got 283 airplays. Don't, 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 somebody keeps listening over and over again. I don't know how that goes. So, alright, I thank you all. And I want to shout out to the people at, at Anchor Podcast for putting my show up on the air on Spotify, on Apple Play, on all those other great places where you can find a podcast. I'm not the best podcast out there, but I try to get a message out. And the message is love yourself, love each other, laugh at yourself, laugh at the world. And live your life as if today was your last day on earth. Please, live, laugh, love. That's all any of us can do. So let's just have a good time until we get to the end of the line. And by then it doesn't matter. So, take care. And I will see you when I see you. And enjoy the rest of this song.